My name is Andrew Bustamante, and this is Everyday Espionage. Right now, in 2019, there are 14 countries around the world engaged in some sort of civil war. To me, that's just an astronomical number. There are some of these countries that make headlines, like Syria or Yemen. And then there are other countries that just get ignored, like Paraguay or the Central African Republic. But around the world, individuals like you and me are fighting and dying for something that they believe in, or at least something that they think they believe in. Now, in America, the idea of our civil war is distant. It's history. It's a 150-year-old history. When I think about the civil war, I often think about sleepy high school history classes and uh, history teachers that just kind of... uh, were boorish and nosy and always threw chalk at me to wake me up. And the Civil War seems like it's something that's common knowledge to us as Americans. But while I've been traveling the country promoting everyday espionage and and promoting our newest brand, Everyday Spy, what I'm learning is that maybe some of the knowledge that I always thought was common isn't common at all. That some of the fundamental knowledge that we believe we know about the Civil War may not actually be correct. It may not be as common as we think to understand the whole truth. And being a student of espionage, this is especially interesting to me. Because espionage is all about choosing which information to share and which information not to share. It's about hiding the truth behind a veil of secrets. And more importantly, espionage is the tool that we use so that we can find the truth that's being hidden from us, so that we can find the information that's being kept from us. So imagine what I felt when I started to realize that there are certain pieces of our own history that are being emphasized while other pieces are being glossed over. Fundamental issues surrounding the Civil War that were simplified into these simple, memorable statements so that any 8th grader in any public school around the world could pass a test and move on to high school. I wonder, what could we learn about how we think as adults if we chose to reflect on what we remember from the Civil War? So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to get a little history geek on you. I didn't know I was a history geek until I found myself jumping from national battlefield to national battlefield in a 32-foot Winnebago, but here we go. In season one of the podcast, we discussed the four core motivations that drive all people. For those of you who remember that episode, it was called RICE, R-I-C-E, and it was an acronym. RICE stood for Reward, Ideology, Coercion, and Ego. If you haven't heard the episode, take a chance when either now or when this episode is over, go back and listen to it, come back and listen to this again. It'll all make more sense. But the focus of this conversation today is going to be around the I, ideology. We talked about how ideology 
is the most powerful of all motivational levers. Ideology is what convinces people to kill other people. People die for what they believe in. They die for their ideology. So if you wanted to control huge groups of people, arguably all you would have to do is tap into their ideology. Now, it's the same thought that makes us proud to be patriots or proud of our particular religion that is also a terrifying vulnerability that can be manipulated. And history shows us examples. That's what happened in Nazi Germany. It's what happened in Imperial Japan. Rome, Persia, even Manifest Destiny are examples in history where huge groups of people were controlled because they shared a common ideology. Now, when we look at the Civil War, most Americans believe that our Civil War was about slavery, that the North believed all men were created equal, and the South believed that slaves were less than human. And we also come to commonly believe that the federal government under our heroic president at the time, Abraham Lincoln, was just doing what they had to do what was just and right, in order to liberate an enslaved people in America from Southern oppressors. There's a second school of thought out there that debates the first, and the second group believe that what the Civil War was about was actually individual state rights. Now, I'll admit that the group that argues about state rights is largely Southern states, but they have a point. They're believing, their their argument is that the federal government was overstepping constitutional state rights at the time, and that northern oppressors were trying to undermine southern rights and the southern economy, which was heavily dependent on manual labor at the time. So right away, whether you grew up in the north or grew up in the south, you might have two completely different ways of looking at the fundamental reasons behind the Civil War. Now, we're one country, one wealthy, united global power. And right away, we have two fundamentally different perspectives about this massive piece of our history. And while neither answer is technically a wrong answer, both answers are actually incomplete. The slavery argument and the state rights argument are powerful examples in our own real life that show us how ideology can be twisted to shape our perspectives. Let's look at some facts. At the time of the Civil War, slavery was a common practice throughout the United States. In northern and in southern states, Americans owned slaves. There were liberated slaves that lived in the north, and there were liberated slaves that lived in the south. And in the north and the south, any former slave, any anybody with non-Caucasian skin was not treated as an equal throughout the country. The issue of slavery was relevant in politics at the time, but it was considered a topic that should be avoided because it was kind of low level. It wasn't at the top of anybody's priority list. There were more important issues that were facing Americans at the time. And it's interesting because the biggest issue facing Americans in 1860, in the year immediately before the Civil War, the number one issue was Western expansion. Western expansion was the movement of Americans from the original colonies on the east through to the west, as far as California. After a hundred years of conflict, America had finally acquired land that reached from sea to shining sea. 
Now, for the federal government, this was a strategic imperative to maintain control of a single, unified country that went from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean. They had worked too hard to secure ocean boundaries like that to risk a country being divided. New lands to the West, as part of Western expansion, were being granted statehood, and part of that process meant that these new states had to create new state constitutions. And every new state had an important decision to make. They had to decide whether they would be a free state or whether they would be a slave state. You see, we keep thinking that the Civil War was about North versus South, that the North didn't have any slaves and was trying to tell the South that they had to liberate their slaves. Or we believe that the South had slaves and was fighting for the North for the right to keep their slaves. But that's not actually the case. The North and the South were both fighting for Western expansion to occur and for those states to determine whether they were free or whether they were slave states. Nothing was going to change in the North. Nothing was going to change in the South. The only place where anything was going to change was with the new states, the states that were coming into the Union. The question of slavery wasn't hinged on morality. It was hinged on economics. As Western states decided to become agricultural states, they would often lean towards being slave states. But if a new state was going to be an industrial state, then they would lean on being a free state. The North was industrial. The South was agricultural. It was an economic-based argument. And where all of the arguments tended to overlap was on the issue of slavery. Now, if I haven't already lost you with my boring history talk, stay with me a little bit longer, because this is where it starts to become relevant with the world that we live in today. When the question is an economics-based question, then suddenly very wealthy people start to get involved. Big money starts to get involved. In the Civil War, you had plantation owners to the South. You had big industry tycoons to the North. And then you had politicians of every shape and size in between that relied on that big money to make sure that they found and secured their way in office. So to win the support of their voting base, a voting base that was built of ideological Northerns and Southerners who believed that migrating West would bring them new opportunities, would bring them new wealth, politicians had to turn a complex issue into a simple ideological argument. Now that process, when we see it happen in other countries, is called propaganda. Politicians had to make simple ideological propaganda during the time of the Civil War to win support for their cause. In the North, the narrative was something along the lines of end slavery, make all men free, so that slave owners in the West don't fill up new jobs with slave labor. In the South, the narrative was more like, the federal government is limiting new state rights and making it so that the new states can't build a strong economy. Neither argument was actually true. They were both simplified arguments designed to control people's ideology, designed to motivate someone to take action because they believed ideologically in something else. And the results of that narrative are something we all know too well. 620,000 Americans 
died. Over three million Americans went to war over these simple ideological narratives. We had the almost complete destruction of American agricultural capacity at the time as the South was invaded and destroyed throughout the war. Even now, we look back on more than 150 years of unresolved tension in our country based on color, creed, or family lineage that's all tied back to the Civil War, tied back to a complex issue about Western expansion that was simplified into two arguments about slavery and states' rights. Now, every person who carried a weapon or buried the dead or made the ultimate sacrifice during that conflict believed that they were doing the right thing for the right reasons. In reality, we can't help but accept that their ideology at some point had been hijacked and used by other people who never even stepped foot on the battlefield. I mentioned earlier that espionage is the art of finding the truth and using it to take control. There are 14 countries right now fighting their own civil war. People are dying and people are killing for what they believe in. And they believe that fighting and dying is the right thing to do because they're doing it for the right reasons. I can't help but wonder, do they know the truth behind the conflict that they're fighting in? For you and I, we watch the carnage from a distance. Do we believe what others tell us as fact about those conflicts? Or do we dig deeper to learn what lies at the core of those conflicts? And most important of all, do we ever stop to consider that the messages we hear every day from all around the world, from inside our own country, do we ever stop to consider that those messages might be crafted, tailored, to take advantage of our ideology? Just asking yourself that question separates you from the rest. Just being open to the idea that we may be susceptible to a well-crafted narrative that leverages us based on our ideology gives you an advantage. That advantage, that ability to question yourself, that ability to seek control and seek knowledge when everyone else accepts it as fact, that is everyday espionage. Everyday Espionage is dedicated to one thing, educating everyday people. I know that not everybody will listen, but those who listen will learn. If you learned something new today, click subscribe, review, and share the podcast with a friend. I have so much more to share with you. Find me on social media, at Everyday Spy, or on my website, www.everydayspy.com. And if you are up for a special challenge... Check out Operation Real Time and let me take you on an authentic spy training mission. Above all else, remember that knowledge is freedom.